Welcome to episode 130 of Cowboys Ride Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing today? JP, I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good, to be honest. Uh, um, I am a little bit sad. Uh, we are already a quarter of the way through Oklahoma State's football season. We knew it was going to go by this quick, but it's just sad every time we talk about it. I mean, it, it it's so weird. We're about to play game five. And through not been long, it's been a lot of fun, even the, the loss. Like this is for sure. Yeah. <sighs> it's just it's um I it's it's gonna be over, but we're we're literally two games away from halfway through the season. Yeah, it's it's crazy to to think about how fast college football, you know, goes by and then it's eight months of speculation and a little bit of you know, we get two weeks of spring ball and then it's another four or five months of just waiting and hoping and then it's finally here and then the cycle continues. So, how are you feeling about this K State game? We'll go. We have an interview with Hayden Barber of the Wichita Eagle. He covers high school sports in Wichita, Wichita State, and then Kansas State. Uh, he gives us a ton. He goes, it was a fantastic interview. He's an Oklahoma State alum as well, so there's a connection there too. But the more I talk to him, like I, I feel the same way. But I also am more nervous to play K State than I probably should be. But I think the K-State is actually a legit team. Like, how, how are you feeling about this one? I I feel like a, a more confident – it's weird. Like, I kind of look at this game in Texas the same way, except that I, I, I feel com- still feel confident that they'll win this one. Um, I, felt con- I, I felt that Texas would beat Oklahoma State last week. But I knew that that the there was an opportunity for Oklahoma State to win. I feel confident for Oklahoma State this week, but understand that there's a good chance that K State could win. Um, I, it's but man, it's it's your second home game of the season. Remember, you you've you've played four games and only one at home. You get a night game, first Big Twelve game at home. I think you're coming off your loss. There's just there's a lot that plays into this one, and I think this team is going to bounce back. I think this is going to be a tough game. Um, I think with the way Kansas State plays now, I think they played really well. This team is not. This team is good. It's a lot better than we thought they would be, and it's not fluky at all. Um, they're coming off of a bye week. I hate sorry, an off week. I don't like saying bye. It's no one doing it to buy in college football. It's no bye. It's a get off week. It's a week off. Um, it's it's a scary game, but I feel good about it. I feel like Oklahoma State should and will win this game. I think it will be close. I've got a low score prediction um, just because I think you're going to get – they're going to try and run Chuba again. You're going to get a lot of ball control. Kansas State's not going to they, – they like to throw a lot of short routes. They run the ball a lot. I mean, I know that means that, you know, eight and nine-yard gains against this Oklahoma State defensive line, but I feel confident. I do. I don't – I I, I just – I do. I think the fact that Kansas State hasn't played a team like Oklahoma State yet and their offense gives OSU uh, gives OSU the edge. I really think so. Yeah, I think we're. I, I'm hoping that we see. I want to see Spencer Sanders keep taking little steps forward as the season goes on. I'm not looking for massive, crazy, drastic improvement from one week to the other because you just really don't see that, especially from a freshman quarterback. But if he can quicken that decision making and keep making plays and you know, show off how dynamic of a damn athlete he is. I think we see Oklahoma State 
you know, continue to improve. I think the offense continues to improve because I don't think we're going to see the same offense all season. I think it's going to be kind of incremental in little things we see as Spencer Sanders gets comfortable. Mike Gundy's talked about it really takes 15 games at the college level to get comfortable and to be able to process everything in the way that you need to and truly adjust to the speed of the game. And right now, this is Spencer Sanders' fifth game. So if you're expecting something crazy and some massive improvement but from Saturday to Saturday, we're, we're not going to see it. We need to temper our expectations a little bit of what we're going to see from the offense. But I think getting a little bit of juice, it's a night game, it's a home game, it's a conference opponent. I think Oklahoma State can come out firing, and that's what I want to see from the, this game early. You know, we, we talk about how good Spencer is with his legs. You know, Kansas State beat Mississippi State. It was impressive. Uh, but in that game, Texas a- or Mississippi State had to go to their true freshman quarterback, and it was Garrett uh, Schrader. Um, Schrader ended up being the second-leading rusher for Mississippi State in that game. He had 10 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. I watched that game because it was a really good game, and I wanted to watch it. Sanders is a better athlete and a better runner than Schrader is by far, like he is. Um, and you'll remember Schrader because you've seen the helicopter move that he made as he flew through the air. See, I think um, he's still flying. Like, I think he's just gone into orbit at this point. If you if you watch the Twitter videos, he is. But, the, uh, the internet's undefeated. Oklahoma, I, Sanders' legs, I think, are what is going to give OSU the edge in this game. Um, I do. I think a combination of, of, of design runs, and they're going to let him. They're going to let him run. And I think it's it's going to work. I mean, obviously, I know everybody has tape on it, but. I don't think Kansas State's going to be able to stop that as well. Um, I think there's going to be opportunities for him to get big gains, and it's going to help. It's going to help Oklahoma State out. I just I feel good about this game. Again, it's going to be a. I, I think it. I don't think it's going to be perfectly clean. I think it's going to be kind of similar to last week, where neither team's going to be just perfect. Um, I know we, how we feel about Kansas State because of the way these games have gone between these two teams, but Snyder's gone. Kleiman's a good coach, but there was something about Snyder that. I, I that magic old man and his his purple and eighty four windbreakers. He just had a touch coming against Oklahoma State, no matter where they played. I, I think Klein is a really good coach, but the Snyder magic is gone. I'm not as worried about that anymore. I think you're just going and playing a really good team, and I think Oklahoma State can beat this really good team. Yeah, I think th- this is going to be a dogfight for sure. It always is against K State, even in in games in which Oklahoma State wins. It always feels like. You know, K-State is never out of it, no matter how much Oklahoma State could be leading by. So this is going to be a very tough game, but I think I do, I agree with you. I think it's a winnable game. And you'll actually hear our predictions in this interview with Hayden Barber of the Wichita Eagle. So we talk about a little bit of expectation, you know, expectation changes for K-State from the beginning of the season to now, uh, how K-State can beat Oklahoma State, predictions and the like. So you'll learn a little bit more about uh, the new K-State football in this interview with Hayden. Before we get to that, we'll have a word from a sponsor. Philip and I are now joined by Hayden Barber. He is the sports reporter for the Wichita Eagle. He covers high school sports in the area, Wichita State, and now he started covering uh, Kansas State uh, leading into this football season. And he is also an Oklahoma State alum, so we get a little bit of a connection there as well. Hayden, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thinking of me. 
Yeah, absolutely. We we were looking for a guest, and once we I I've been following your work over the past year. You do great stuff in the Wichita area, and I was we were and you came in on head because I was like I knew that you had started doing K State, and with the Oklahoma State tie, it just worked out perfectly. So we're really yeah. appreciative of your time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, it's been weird, right? Like uh, you know, you you go to Oklahoma State, you talk about nothing but Oklahoma State athletics for. I mean, three or four years, and then uh, you have to come up here and kind of put all that aside. So uh, it's kind of nice to to be back in the saddle, I guess. For sure. So since you've started covering uh, K-State football, coming into this season, there was pretty generally average to low expectations for what K-State was going to bring this year. Everyone, including myself included, thought Chris Kleiman was a slam dunk hire, you know, coming off of the tenure that Bill Snyder had at K-State. But it probably wasn't going to happen this year. Like maybe two to three years down the road, they're going to get back to that 9-10 win team that's consistently fighting for the top of the Big 12. But as the seasons progressed through their first three games, They've looked dominant. They look like they've really started to figure it out in what Chris Kleiman is trying to bring. How have expectations changed from the beginning of the season to now week five of the college football season? Sure. You know, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, they the expecta- expectations have changed for guys like myself uh, and other you know reporters and stuff, uh, guys who cover the team on a on a day to day basis. Um, but, you know, really from day one, you kind of got the sense that. Uh, the guys were kind of all in on climbing that they really um, were kind of buying everything that he was selling. Um, you know, climbing's I, I, I believe I'm correct. I've been told this a million times and I guess I've just accepted it as truth. Uh, but they, they say that he's the active, most active winning uh, coach in college football. Um, so, I mean, that's, I mean, when you, when you have that sort of tagline in your resume, that's pretty tough to turn down. Even, even if, you know, Bill Snyder was there for three decades um, you have a guy with that kind of pedigree and, and, you know, a, a winning, uh, you know, like obviously the guys won multiple national championships. So, um, I always got the sense that the guys believed, but I, I think, um, you know, even just talking with high school kids, um, uh, about their respective teams, like it's another thing to believe it, but, you know, obviously another to, to watch it happen, to, to see it. Um, and I think that Mississippi State game uh, in week three was the real nail um, for a lot of these guys. After that game, you saw guys like Skylar Thompson come out and say, hey, you guys need to start looking at us um, like we're not going anywhere. Um, so I think I think more than anything, the guys are just believing in themselves more. I think uh, at the beginning of the season, they always kind of believed in the staff and what what they were saying. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right uh, to a large extent that. Um, you know, things have changed, especially for those players. Definitely that, uh, you know, they're definitely starting to definitely starting to feel themselves a little bit for sure. So I'm glad you brought up the players. You know, I think part of what kind of went into fans and media and outside perspectives, uh, opinions on why Kansas state would be like a five, seven, six, six season. Right. Was it was partially because obviously climbing coming from FCS, you think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve there. But the other part was just the roster. The, the, looking at the roster on paper and, and seeing what they what they had done last year and the year before, it, it didn't look all that impressive. But Kleiman seems to have flipped some sort of switch, and you know, I, I, I we'll talk about Skylar Thompson specifically in a minute. But but the roster as a whole looks far better than they have the past couple of seasons. What have they done to take what seemed on paper like a meh? A group of players and have turned them into one that, and I know that Mississippi State's not like world beaters, yeah. but that was a really solid win and they looked really good in that game. What has Kleinman done to kind of 
turn this team into what they are. Yeah, the um, I, I think the biggest thing, it, the most glaring thing, I guess at least for me, um, is you got three grad transfer running backs, or no, sorry, two grad transfer running backs and another, uh, you know, regular transfer running back. Um, and those three guys are, are helping lead lead the charge as far as one of the best, uh, you know, rushing attacks in college football right now. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, on paper, you never really know. Um, you know, I think back to to OSU's days and. Um, you know, guys coming from JUCOs and, uh, you know, grad transfer guys. I mean, you, you always kind of thought like maybe they'll, you know, maybe they'll contribute. Um, but you never really knew, right? Like you, you just don't know until you see it. Um, a lot of these guys, I think, uh, you know, James Gilbert came from from Ball State. Uh, you know, obviously he had some, some success at Ball State, but it's Ball State, right? Like <laughs> it's kind of the whole deal with, with Chris Kleiman. It's like you just never – you always think there's going to be some sort of learning curve. Um, right. And, and, and James Gilbert, you know, if you take Chuba and, uh, you know, the kid from Texas out of the, out of the conference, I'm, I mean, he's gotta be the best running back in, in the league right now in the conference. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think, uh, I, I think they, they've, they've gambled on some guys, um, paying off and, it, and it's really worked out, especially, uh, you know, at the running back position, but outside of that, man, yeah, not a lot's changed, at least from what I can see. Right. Like, uh, I mean, you would think that, you know, losing TCU's starting quarterback and Alex Delton uh, would be kind of a bad thing. But uh, it's been quite the opposite. And this is kind of a nice little segue for you guys into into Skyler. But the kid has been unreal. Right. Like it's it's uh, he's been uber uh, uber efficient. Um, he has no weight on his shoulders that he's going to get pulled off the field. Um, he's playing free. Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing is. Uh, you know, even just talking to, to some of the guys that, um, you know, have left the program or, uh, you know, have a, a minor role in the program, um, it was time for a change. And, uh, you know, climbing was a welcome change. So you, you mentioned Thompson for a minute there. But, I mean, Skyler Thompson looks night and day from last year to this year. Is it, is it just having the, the confidence that he's the guy or what else has Kleiman done? Is it, is it the system or or something else but how did Thompson turn this corner that he's turned to look like he has this year yeah I think I think a lot of it is the system I'll be honest um he they do not ask Skylar Thompson to do a lot um if you if you break down the film it's a lot of short routes uh with a couple of you know intermediate throws thrown in there um occasionally a deep ball um but I even remember watching week one and I'm thinking to myself man this is a lot of uh, this is a lot of five yard stops and and you know eight yard comebacks, <laughs> um, which are you know those are good throws. He's he was making good throws, but uh, you know I think I think the longest play of that entire game was twenty five yards or something like that. Um, they don't ask him to do anything outside of himself, and I think he appreciates that uh, to the utmost degree. Um, and and like we were saying earlier, like. You know, I, I give the I'll give an example of like, you know, if, if I had another, um, you know, high school sports writer um, working for the Wichita Eagle, which I don't. Um, but if I did, uh, <laughs> I would always kind of I would always kind of feel that pressure. Right. Of, man, I better bring it or else, you know, I'll, I'll get knocked off this assignment or or whatever. Um, and I think it was the same thing for Skyler. Right. It's, it's like Delton is a starting quarterback in the Big 12. Right. Like if you have that guy constantly working next to you, um, I mean, you're, you're going to get cold feet at times. Uh, that's just the way it is. If, if you throw a pick, uh, you're going to be wondering, man, am I going to see the field again? Um, 
so yeah, I think I think more than anything, he's just kind of come into himself and talking to to some of his teammates, some of his you know his best friends on the team. Um, they they agree with that. Uh, he he kind of he had a big burden, and um, more than anything, he's just he's just kind of being himself. So now looking over to the defensive side of the ball, K State's been really impressive. Obviously, a, a impressive performance against an SEC team on the road uh, two weeks ago, and then obviously games against Nickel State, Bowling Green. You know, you take take with that what you will, but their defense has looked very impressive. What have they been able to do so effectively this season that has made them one of the better defenses in the conference? I will start off with with a bit of a disclaimer. Um, in my opinion, they still haven't really faced uh, you know an, a, a real high caliber offense. Um, you know, playing Mississippi State, uh, you know, you could tell from from the first snap, or I think it was actually snap number four in watching the tape, uh, that the starting quarterback was rattled. Uh, he came in with a shoulder injury. He wasn't one hundred percent. As soon as you know, you know, the first K State. Defensive lineman broke through the line on on play four. Um, you could tell he just wasn't he wasn't fully in it. Didn't completely believe uh, in his arm, and that that you know progressed through the game and eventually uh, led to a, a, a true freshman coming in who who was good. I mean, you, you saw the you know the the spinning helicopter deal. Um, he was he was playing, um, but to that to that point, uh, they've got an NFL receiver on that team, and uh, I I didn't feel like they were, I didn't feel like they were going full Tylen Wallace on him, right? Like I didn't think they were completely utilizing him uh, to the best of, of his ability. Um, and then, you know, like, like we mentioned earlier, the, the first two weeks are, you know, that's just a throwaway, right? Like the, I mean, the, the starters were on, on the field, I think for, for 20 snaps, that's a scrimmage, right? Like that's not even, it's not even a game. The guys, you know, that we asked them after the game, if they were tired, if they were going to be sore or whatever and they said no <laughs> i'm ready to go right now uh still kind of waiting for kickoff um so i think uh to to that point this week's kind of going to be a, a little bit of a wake-up call but i say all that to say they have they have looked good <laughs> they have looked good um they have they're, they're pretty solid at every every level of the defense um aj parker's got a couple of picks uh from his corner spot um, Reggie Walker and uh, Trey Deshaun are probably their top two uh, defensive linemen, in my opinion, along with White uh, Hubert, who's been injured. Um, so he's still coming back. Um, and then Elijah Sullivan at, at, at the linebacker spot is, is pretty solid as well. So um, I, I wouldn't say that that this is any sort of, you know, world beater defense or anything like that. Um, I think it's a pretty, pretty typical K-State defense. Um, but Again, uh, kind of the counterpoint of what I what I said. Like we haven't really seen what they're fully capable of. I don't think. Matt Campbell's arrival in the Big Twelve has kind of caused a, a shift in what the conference is really known for. You know, it, it hasn't really been true spread offense for quite some time, but it's it's still been a spread heavy concept. Matt Campbell came in, brought a new offense, and and it feels like Kleiman's kind of continues the next step in the evolution of, w- of what the big 12 is now i know he's a kind of a, a true traditional power spread which is not something you're used to seeing in the big 12 as much uh, where do you think that gives them a benefit and and maybe can hurt them playing in the big 12 conference i heard a quote from gundy the other day saying that um that what he's seeing out of Kleiman's offense isn't really that different from from snyder's 
Um, and in some regard, I kind of see what he's saying uh, in another, which a lot of people uh, in my neck of the woods kind of, uh, you know, disagreed with him on is it's not. Uh, this offense is, uh, is pretty unique uh, in the fact that you've got guys who probably should be playing at schools like Wisconsin uh, or Iowa that are running, uh, you know, some of the same formations and, and uh, you know, personnel packages at say in Oklahoma state. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of interesting in that regard to watch. Uh, they definitely love getting their, their linemen on the move, uh, and getting them downhill. Um, and those running backs love running behind them. Uh, I think you, you, you touched on it just a bit, um, in, in that open, in that question. But, uh, I think the big 12, at least while, you know, while I was at, at school at Oklahoma state was really, getting hit hard on this whole man we just spread the ball out uh we throw it every every down um you know it's it's kind of a gimmicky offense every week um and no defense right uh and i think i think what you see what you're seeing at iowa state and what you're seeing at k-state um are kind of bucking that trend a little bit and and to osu's credit they're doing that as well and obviously they've got you know a potential heisman candidate at running back. So that kind of helps. Um, but I think the, I think the conference is getting a little tired of, of kind of being um, not necessarily the PAC 12, but, but maybe the ne- the next step above that um, as far as just kind of the gimmicks and uh, you know, not, not playing real football, I guess, which, you know, that can be debated for sure. But um, this K-State offense, I, I, I personally love it. I love watching it. Um, and then honestly, it's it's kind of it's kind of similar in in some regards to uh, to the one in Stillwater for sure right now. So let's so, go. Oh, sorry. Go yeah. ahead, Philip. So uh, you you've mentioned Chuba, and I, and I do want to talk about him for a little bit. Obviously, he's the he's got the most rushing yards in the country, most rushing touchdowns. Um, I know Texas had a really good game plan to to shut down what Oklahoma State wanted to do as far as the rushing game goes. I'm curious. Kansas State so far has the the number 57 rushing D in the country, allowing 100, uh, 137 yards per game. So I'm curious, what do you think Kansas State's going to try to do to slow down Chuba? Uh, are they going to try and take some of what Texas did, or do they have a? I know they have a different um, defensive set. I know they don't run the same style of defense as Texas does. Uh, they they run more of a four man set, whereas Texas likes to run a three. So I'm really curious what what you think Kansas State's game plan is to try and slow him down. Well, he is a, a junior world champion sprinter, so it's kind of hard to slow him down. Uh, <laughs> but, Fair point. But uh, as far as you know, containing him, which Texas did a great job at, uh, man, I mean, that's a tough question, right? Like that's kind of the, the million-dollar question, and Texas did a great job with the three-man front. I was uh, honestly real skeptical coming into the game, thinking – Three guys on the line. I'm not sure that's gonna, not sure that's gonna, you know, do any damage against a kid that that can fly. Um, but it did, uh, and I, I think I think what you saw a lot of with Texas was a lot of uh, you know g- gap sound defense, um, and, and that's probably not the sexiest answer I can give you. Um, but they weren't missing their spots, uh, you know, and and Oklahoma State. Um, I mean, I. I hate to be critical, but but I, I feel like if you, if you're running inside zone just about every play, you got to find a way to get the kid in in more space, 
right? Like that's kind of what he's best at um, is, is getting in a straight line and running fast. Um, obviously he's great and he can do a bunch of different, di- different things. Um, but I don't think they made it overly hard for Texas to defend him. Um, I think that will probably change this week. <laughs> um, and I also don't think that K-State's defense is, is uh, has got the guys that Texas, Texas defense does. Um, obviously that's a, t- a defense that gave up a million to LSU. Um, so, so that can be argued. Um, but man, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. I like, as far as what, you, what to do defensively, um, obviously it's, you know, if I'm a, a, a smart guy, I would probably plug in a little, little bit of a three, three man line, a three, four defense for this week, if it works so well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's just going to come down to being, you know, gap sound and tackling, right? Like that's kind of, that's kind of like what defense comes down to. You can be in the right spot, but uh, you know, you got to make the play. So looking at this game, technically, even though K-State is ranked, Oklahoma State is not, K-State is an underdog in this game. I believe the spread right now is four, five and a half in favor of Oklahoma State. But I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that Oklahoma State's at home. But what does K-State have to do, in, in your estimation, a few keys to the game to come in and upset Oklahoma State in Boone Pickens Stadium? Yeah, um, you know, we were talking beforehand, uh, you know, I was watching the, the OSU game last week uh, with, with my with my dad and I told him OSU is only getting the ball to four guys right like it's 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 Spencer Sanders Chuba Hubbard Tylen Wallace and Dylan Stoner and that I think that was midway through the third quarter and from that point on they got the ball to one guy one other time and I obviously I, I could have missed a play or two along the way but I remember a screen pass to to uh, to Wolf and that was it um, I think if if you are going to contain this OSU offense, first off, it's it starts with Chuba. Um, you've got to make you've got to make this uh, you know a one a one dimensional offense to some degree. Um, and then the next biggest thing is, is trying to uh, trying to get Spencer to stay in the pocket, man. Like as soon as he breaks that thing, it's it's like watching you know a poor man's Lamar Jackson, right? Like you're just you're not going to contain that kid. Um, so as far like. You, you have to make him beat you and he can, that's the thing too, is like, he definitely can beat you uh, because he's got great receivers. He's got an all American receiver, probably a Bolitnikov winner. Um, so he definitely can, but I would take that off those odds over letting Chuba run wild or letting Spencer get outside the pocket and run. Um, so I think that's kind of the biggest thing is con- first off, can trying to contain those four guys. Like if they can make, uh, Landon Wolf beat them <laughs> like hands up, right? Like I think any, any, off, any defense, uh, in the country would probably take that. Um, other than that, uh, offensively it is, is I, in my opinion is not get too far, um, not get too far out of the game to where you're making, uh, Skylar Thompson, uh, carry you on his shoulder. Um, cause I, I'm not sure that can happen. Um, could be totally wrong. Could be a complete gunslinger. It could be a killer. Um, but I don't think that's what K-State wants is to get into any more than probably a 14-point hole at max. Um, any more than that at any point of the game. I'm not. I'm just not sure. Um, even with OSU's poor running defense, um, that has been chronicled since I was born. Um, even with that, uh, I, I'm not certain uh, that a run game is probably going to win a shootout against Oklahoma State's offense. So let's just ask, man. Um, 
let's make some predictions. What what do you what do you think happens on a Saturday in Stillwater? I was I was thinking about this. Uh, I took my dog out to run around uh, a couple couple hours ago, and I was walking back into my apartment thinking they are going to ask me who's going to pick this game, and I I have got to figure this out. And since then, I have been thinking about that question pretty much nonstop. Um, personally, uh, I've been looking at the stats all week. Uh, I've been do- I've been doing this big dive on uh, kids that get recruited by Oklahoma State and K State. Um, you know, where they're going to school and, and OSU's got a huge, huge edge in that uh, recruiting battle. And which is kind of odd, right? Cause they're, they're so such similar, similar schools um, in almost all, every regard. Um, but to that point, K-State's one in four, I think in the last five in Stillwater. Um, now the last, the only win did come in their last time there. Uh, so that's what it does have going for them. But I'm going, I'm going pokes. Um, I think I think the spread is much too big. I, I would I would take the points uh, for K State in the day, um, but I, I I am gonna roll with the pokes and I'm probably gonna go. I'll probably I'll probably go thirty two twenty eight. Pokes. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's gonna be a close game. K State always gives Oklahoma State a fight, even. Even in the games where Oklahoma State wins, it's never easy. K-State teams, the Bill Snyder teams are never easy. And we know Chris Kleiman, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be a dogfight. So uh, I think, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a four or five point game either way, truly. You guys got any predictions for me? <laughs> Just since I'm curious. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought I normally do this at the end, but since you asked us, we'll do, I'll just give mine <laughs> now. Um I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking 31-27 Oklahoma State. So like right, that's kind of been where I've been most of the week. That four to five, but I think Oklahoma State is able to to find a way to get a win. I think it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a pissing contest at times. They're going to find a way to get a win. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'll interject real quick, and uh, you know, Philip, you can even save yours for the end. We'll we'll leave that as the teaser. Um, but I think. I think uh, OSU is going to score first, and OSU is going to have the lead the entire game. Um, I don't think K State has the explosion to to make any sort of a run. Um, they have enough to keep up, but I'm not sure they have enough to get over that um, if they get if they go down early, which I think they will. Um, that's kind of where I'm at on it. Um, you know, they they've got some playmakers. Um, Malik Knowles is a nice receiver for K State. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm just, I just, it's K State of old. Like it's, it, it, that's kind of the regard that, that Gundy was hitting on, right? Is like, it is kind of the old, same old thing. Um, like they're not, they didn't reinvent the wheel just because Kleiman's there now. It's, I mean, it's basically still K State. Yeah. I just, you know, looking at the way that Spencer has played lately, and, and, and that's, with full credit and in no way, shape, or form trying to say that Spencer's not any good, don't, don't put those words in my mouth ever. Um, but he is still a redshirt freshman. Um, he is at times played like a redshirt freshman, an incredibly talented one with, you know, legs that Oklahoma State's never quite had at a quarterback before. But you see some of the mistakes he's made. You grasp that the, that OSU isn't throwing a lot of the playbook at him because I don't think he can he can handle it. And, you know, I, I go back to that Mississippi State-Kansas State game, and Kansas State seemed to take advantage of Oklahoma State's mis- – or to, of Mississippi State's mistakes. And um, I think OSU wins this, but 
I have a feeling Kansas State's going to kind of stay in this game and and take advantage of whatever mistakes Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State plays a clean game, I think that OSU kind of runs away with this one. But I don't think they can play a perfectly clean game, and I think they're going to – kind of a reverse of last week where Oklahoma State made some mistakes, and, and Texas kind of did as well, and Texas let Oklahoma State stay in the game, but Texas was able to hang on and win. I think we might see a reverse of that of – I think Oklahoma State kind of will win, but makes some mistakes that lets Kansas State stick around close late. Um, I, I've got I mean, Joel, we're way too close here. I, I've got 31 28. Um, I, I see the four and a half point line. I think I, I lean toward the, the Kansas State side. Um, I think Kansas State plays ball control. Oklahoma State's proven that they can play ball control offense now because they have Chuba, and if they get him going, they will. So I just I think this is a a lower scoring game than we would expect normally from a Big Twelve game, but I think OSU wins a close one. And here's my last thought, and then I'll, I'll get out of you guys' hair. But um, if you go back and watch the the K State game, they they made mistakes that really should have cost them the game. Um, they dropped a lot of balls, which has kind of been those receivers thing this year for whatever reason is, is dropping passes. Um, and they muffed two punts, right? Like that were both recovered by Mississippi state. Um, so it's not like K state is playing perfect football either. I will say though, they are coming off a bye, So that, that could be something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, Hayden, thank you so much for your time tonight. We really do appreciate it. Uh, I know you're, you're a busy man being the only guy in a, a pretty big city covering high school sports and such and covering two college teams too. So we really do appreciate your time. For anyone that wants to follow your work, where can they follow you on social media? Uh, if you so choose, if you so choose to, to take this, this simple <laughs> beating, it is uh, HK underscore Barber on Twitter. Um, not sure I really uh, promote too much on anything else, but – uh again if you so choose that is where you can find me all right hayden thank you very much for your time no doubt thanks for having me guys Thank you once again to Hayden Barber for coming on to talk a little bit of K-State football with us. Give us a little bit of insight into a new era of K-State football. And like I said at the beginning of the interview, at the beginning of this season, I thought this, and I I think you said it as well, Philip, that we thought this was a a win that Oklahoma State was going to have pretty easily. Like it just wasn't, this was not the year for K-State, but in two to three years, they're pretty much going to be at what they are now. Like they they look like a legitimate threat to the top half of the conference. And they're going to be, if they're doing this now, two to three years, they're going to be a scary team for sure. Yeah. I, 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 Kleiman was always going to be a good hire. Like he was, he was my second favorite hire behind Neil Brown. It's just that Kleiman, Kleiman's doing it quicker. I, I thought it would take him a little more time. I mean, I guess, you know, if you're good at co- coaching football, you're good at coaching football no matter where you do it. And I think they had a ro- it, the roster fit what he likes to do, obviously. So, I mean, I, this is a good team. Um, this is going to be a, a really good game. It's a tough first two games to start your conference schedule. You know, I thought it would be Texas Tech and then a couple of nice games against a bad Kansas State team and a bad Texas Tech team. But, you know, his team's good. This should be a fun one. But I just – I feel good about Oklahoma State in this one. I do. I, I don't feel like I'm putting on orange glasses. I don't feel 
super nervous about it. Can Kansas State win this game? Yeah, Oklahoma State can lose this game. Again, I, the spread's four and a half. I'm taking Kansas State as far as the spread goes. Yeah. If it was six, I feel even better if it was six and a half because I think it's a four-point game. I, I think this is a 31-28 game. That's what I said in there, and that's, that's, that's what I picked on my pod. Um, that's just that's just the feeling I get. I get, a, I get a close game. If it's tied at 14 at halftime, it won't shock me. Um, yeah. It's kind of like last week, you know, or – you watch that game and it, the score was closer than it felt like the game was at points. I just, I, I think Oklahoma State's got the edge in this one. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those. And I believe Hayden said it, that Oklahoma State's going to have the lead, but it's never going to be like Oklahoma State's going to be able to put the game away. K-State's going to be able to fight tooth and nail for every, you know, every yard and every point, just like every other K-State team we've seen with Bill Snyder and now with Chris Kleiman, like it's gonna be, it's that same type of just mentality of we're never down, we're never out. And K State always plays that way. They always play that way against Oklahoma State. And it just feels like one of those games that I think Oklahoma State finds a way to win. But I think it's gonna be really close. I, I had a thirty-one twenty-seven. You had a thirty-one twenty-eight. So I'm expecting a, uh, you know, I'm expecting a close game. And I'm very grateful that there is beer in the stadium because I know that I'm gonna need it because K State always makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah beer in the stadium uh yeah because um you uh there will there will be a tailgate this weekend there is we, t- we mentioned it in the last podcast by the time this is out more than likely you will know where that tailgate spot is going to be but cowboys ride for free is hosting a tailgate on saturday for the oklahoma state kansas state game starts around one o'clock and we'll be out there drinking beer eating food Come on by, you know, feel free to meet us, talk to us. We you know we'd love to meet anybody that uh, listens to our, listens to, reads our work. We really do appreciate all of you guys. So we want to show our appreciation and we'd love, you know, open invite to a tailgate. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Can we have some beer? Yeah. Say hi. Tell yeah. us why we're all a bunch of idiots and don't know what we're talking about. And then we'll tell you, okay, you're probably right. But we're going <laughs> to keep that. talking about it and writing about it anyways. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'll, I'll accept that, you know. Um. So we mentioned our score prediction in the interview with Hayden. We talked a little bit about what we want to see from Oklahoma State before that interview. So do you want to go just right into uniforms right now, or do you want to keep I mean, talking? might as well. No, let's do it. Let's do All it, right. JP. So I am uh, two in a row. I, I got the uh, the orange, white, black. Unfortunately, I didn't get the helmet, but God, that helmet was amazing, and I'm glad I was wrong about that, seeing Phantom Pete come back out. But what are you hoping to see in the conference home opener? Night game, second home game of the season. Um, hmm. I don't. I don't have a good feel on this game, so I'm gonna go with black, orange, black. Okay. Yeah. Say so that. Um, it's one that we I, haven't seen yet. Yeah, I'm gonna go black, orange, black. I think it's a good look. It'll look really good at night. Um. And I'm I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with chrome face mask, chrome stripe, and then just chrome brand, the silver. Oh, oh that would look good. Yeah, just I want solid chrome on black. And you can do black face mask if you want with chrome stripe and, and chrome brand. But I want I want black and then orange and then black. I think that look that look really good against the uh, the purple and silver on the other side. Yeah. I my I kind of I've gone back and forth on this a little bit, but my one of my favorite combinations that Oklahoma State has ever used since they've gone to the, went to the new uniforms in 2011, where we've seen all these combinations, is white black white, 
And Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's to me, it's just, it's a strong look and they did it. And if I'm using a little bit of history here, uh, they wore that in 2015 against uh, K-State when they came back. Mason Rudolph set a bunch of different records in that game. He had like 38 completions, something like that. Led them down, Ben Grogan, game-winning field goal. In that game, it was white, black, white with Phantom Pete on a white helmet. And I would love to see that again. I, if you're going to go Phantom Pete, let's let's go two weeks in a row. Let, let's get it done here. Yep, you are you are correct. It was white, black, white. That is a really good, really good look. I, I'm a fan of Pete fan. I I, am, I, yeah. I don't understand people. Who, I get people who don't like him. It's fine. It's whatever. You're it's wrong. Scary. But it's fine. No, it's and, and it's fine. You can sit there and you're wrong. You should be wrong. No one's you know that's this is this is America. Uh, but it's it's a solid look. It's a it's a really solid look. It is. All right. Do you have any final thoughts here, Philip? No. Man, I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna be So we were supposed to actually preview this game on our our big game preview for the ten twelve. And um, shout out to AT and T, because your Wi Fi sucks ass um, and continues to fail me during the hours when I actually want to use it. So we had to scrap it. Uh, pick episode is up tomorrow, and I'm gonna pick thirty one twenty eight. So just um, AT and T can. Uh, <laughs> and it sucks because I. It, it sucks because I actually felt like I was doing pretty well on your interview on that podcast uh, yesterday, but uh, you know, so I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed that uh, I I got to it was one of my better performances on a podcast, and it turns out uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was, no, fun. It was, it was a great interview. Both did a great job, and uh, we'll get you back on. We'll get another OSU preview. I'll give it a check on because I just it was it's really disappointing when you have a good interview and then it's completely um, unsalvageable. Yeah, that that is unfortunate. I, I've run into that a couple times here, where our audio will just be completely jacked up, and we have to re-record. So I, I feel you there. So my final thought is shout out to Shane Illingworth, uh, Oklahoma State quarterback commit. He was named to the Under Armour All American Game, which is played in I believe December or January, right after the New Year. I think it's after the New Year in January, but it's for the best high school players in the country. And guys that are, you know, going to big name schools and let's go and play together. And he was named as one of the quarterbacks for the squad. So I think that that's really cool to see. And in case you haven't seen his numbers for Norco High School in California, through four games, he's thrown for 1,584 yards and 22 touchdowns. I'd say that this dude is pretty good at throwing footballs. He's, um, I think he's, he's, he's got a future in it. I do think so. Yeah, I'd say so, but it's it's also huge because I was looking at because he's and he's also coming to Stillwater this weekend for the Oklahoma State Kansas State game. But yeah, one of the other visit. Guys, yeah, it's on official visit. But one of the other guys that is going to be here be there as well. Oh God, where's his name? It's uh, it's Daniel Ngata. Yeah, he is a four star all purpose back out of Folsom, California. Um, Oklahoma State is considered one of these. Obviously, he's he's taking an official visit. Oklahoma State's in the running. Texas A and M is considered the favorite. Uh, at least according twenty four seven. Um it's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard for them to to sway him away. He's got uh he did AM visit back in June. Uh he just went to Arizona State uh last weekend and he's coming to Stillwater this weekend. So I, it feels like yeah, Utah and Clemson are in the running. It feels like Arizona State, AM and Oklahoma State are kind of kind of the lead schools here. Um it's it's gonna be tough. To to get him, but Oklahoma State needs a running back as we've as we've seen from the depth so far. Uh, um, and landing a guy like him, he's he's a talented back. He would he'd be a good fit at Oklahoma State. Yeah, and especially because of the possibility of losing a guy like Chuba Hubbard, 
uh, next year to the NFL. And then there's a lot of question marks of, you know, can is you know can you give can LD Brown be a future back? Which I don't think he can. Do you give Micah Cooper the ball? Jamel Jeter, DeAndre Glass, is he ready to take that step as a, a retro, what conceivably will be a retro freshman? You, you need it. Oklahoma State needs to bring in another running back. They have to make that room a bigger strength. And I think getting a guy like uh, Ngata would be a huge step. So Oklahoma State needs to do whatever they can uh, to give him a good week on his official visit. Uh, so he's also going to be at the Under Armour All-American game. Cool. Um, so you, it, it feels like Illingworth's got some work to do here. He's got an opportunity to to really put some time and an investment in trying to get and got to convince that he should he should pick Oklahoma State. Um, that'd be huge if if your first thing you do as a as a as a cowboy is is also happen to land a, a four star all purpose back. That would also out of California be a big game be a, be a big get for the cowboy program. So um, it's a big weekend. It really is. Let's let's. Oh, man, it'd be good to get him because they need a running back for this class and they need a running back for this roster. Absolutely. So I think that wraps this one up. And, Philip, I will see you on Saturday at the tailgate and at the game. Uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter? Yeah, I follow me personally at OKTXARPOKE. Uh, I'm still a maybe for the tailgate. We'll see. Most likely we'll find out. Um, and you can also follow my show, the 1012 Podcast, on Twitter at TEN, the number 12, the word podcast. Follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. And we will be back after the game uh, between Oklahoma State and Kansas State. We'll probably most likely this episode, the next episode will be out on Monday. We'll recap the game and we'll talk to you all then.